well. We know it's rough. I was telling my wife on the way here, I said, once this revival is over, I said, they're going to be looking for something to do. Uh, but I thank God that we are able to be here tonight uh, to spend this time together as we continue with um, worship in the sanctuary. So we want to say welcome. We thank you and we praise God for you for being here with us. Let's go ahead and stand and join in as we sing um, our opening song, When We All Get to Heaven. Do we all want to go to heaven? Anybody want to go to heaven? Amen. Let's join in and sing. Sing the wondrous all together. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansion, bride and blessed, he'll prepare. Come on, family, when we all get to heaven. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. While we walk, while we walk the pilgrim highway, clouds will over, spread the skies. Come on, family. But when traveling days are over, days are not a shadow, not a sight. When we all get to heaven, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. Let us then be true and faithful. True and trusting and serving every day, every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory. Will the toils of life repay? Come on, family. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. Come on, onward, onward to the prize before. Soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly, the gates will open. And we shall tread the streets of gold. Amen. Come on, family. Well, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. When we all get to heaven, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen. You may be seated in the place tonight. God is good. And all the time, God is good. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. I don't know about you, but I am so excited um, at the fact that, that there is this opportunity that awaits us. Um, and some of us don't know that we have opportunities that are awaiting us. Um, but we have this opportunity to be with Jesus in the earth made new. Uh, this is a blessed hope that God has left you and he has left me. Understanding that our days will be troublesome sometime understanding that there will be some moments where you're gonna just want to just throw in the towel uh, but God said if you just keep your eyes on me uh, keep your eyes on the prize and know that whatever that you're experiencing or whatever it is that you're going through or whatever it is that is pressing you because you have this hope we can rejoice in the midst of sorrow we can smile in the midst of adversity and the world will wonder, well, how is it that you're able to smile with all this stuff that is going on? And guess what, family? You don't have to point to Job. You don't have to bring up Noah. You don't even have to talk about Moses. You can just tell them your story about how God has kept you and how God has been there with you every step of the way. 
as we transition to our prayer time, um, we know that God is still a very present help in the time of storm. We know that God is, is, is faithful and that he is right here with us. Amen. Amen. And that's a, that ought to be encouragement enough uh, to give you that push uh, to go just a little bit further, to know mm-hmm. that God is right here with us, right. seeing us through everything, encouraging us that when the road gets heavy, uh, when the load gets heavy and the road gets rough, that you can come to me in prayer, uh, that you can make your petition known unto me. He says that in his word. He says, you can come to me. He said, call on me. Check it out. Test me. Prove me. Tonight, uh, we just want to lift up. Um, we know there is a, a court case that's going on. Um, and, and, and so we want to just ask God to move um, on this situation. Um, you know, Jesus was called out. Jesus was, was um, put on blast. and uh, Jesus was put on spot on many occasions but we understand that there was something going on behind the scene uh, we know that God is still moving and so we want to lift up um, um, uh, this case um, this, this court case we also want to remember those that are still battling um, with health challenges we know that um, there are individuals that are still um, testing positive um, for the virus so we want to just ask God's hands of protection to be over those families. We are approaching another holiday, uh, what we call Thanksgiving. Um, and, and the truth of the matter is that while some are celebrating and some are excited, uh, for others, uh, this is a very trying time, a very challenging time. And so we want to lift those families up in prayer as we approach uh, um, this here special time of the year. Also, we just want to ask God to remember those that are viewing online, that that God will cover you as well, and those that are in this space, and remember our revival. At this time, if you can just bow your heads with me as we look to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father, our Savior, our King, you are our Master, Lord of everything. We give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory because you truly are an amazing God. Without you, Father, we are hopelessly lost, but with you, we are more than conquerors. And so we just want to say thank you tonight for loving on us and for laying your life down that we may have life and and not just have life, God, but, but to have it more abundantly. And so, Father, you go above and beyond the call. You go, you go far beyond and excel the need. And so we thank you for loving on us. As we gather tonight, Father, we're asking that you will forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness and allow your Holy Spirit to move mightily upon our lives. Thank you for traveling mercies. Thank you for bringing us to this place safe. Father, there is a court case going on right now that has yet the world or or the country yet again in a very divided place. But Father, I recognize that division will continue until you crack the sky and separate the wheat from the tares. So God, have your way during this trial. Be with the jurors. uh, Be with both parties. You know right You're the good judge. You are the amazing judge. And so, Father, we place this matter in your care. God, we're also asking that you will uh, be with those during this time of the year who who finds it very difficult, uh, this thing called Thanksgiving. And some uh, will have the mind to ask the question, what is there to be thankful for? So, Father, I pray tonight that you will reveal yourself in such, a, in such a way to such a person. To let them know that there is a lot to be thankful for when we're looking at you. So, Father, cover them, keep them, hold them. Let them know that you have them. Father, there are those that are battling with 
with this COVID, this virus, they're still testing positive. Individuals are still uh, falling ill. And, and so God, uh, do what you do. Show yourself strong. Pour out your healing power over this nation, over this country. And let the world know that you still have all power in your hand. I understand and recognize that all things work together for the good of them who love you and who are called according to your purpose. So do what you do, Jesus. Have your way tonight. I'm asking also that you will cover those that are on the line right now that, you, that are viewing this, this message tonight. And those that may chime in a little later on that you will cover them as well, their family their finances, their home, their jobs, whatever it is, do what you do. Be with us here in this space. Many of us have pressed our way out yet again. Now, Father God, we could have went straight home, and some of us did just for a moment and got back in our cars and drove to this place. Let it not be in vain. Let us not leave here the same way we came. Oh God, be with the spoken word tonight. Let it come across with clarity, with truth, and with understanding. And we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen and amen again. God is good all the time, and he's truly worthy to be praised. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody? do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Is that your testimony this evening? Can you join in with me as we sing this song? Amen. He's my friend. Can't nobody. Come on, family. Can't nobody do me. Do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Jesus, he's my friend. Come on, just heal my body. And he told me to run on. He healed my body. And he told me to run. He healed my body. And he told me to run on. He's my. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Come on, can't nobody. Can't nobody do me. Do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me. Do me like the Lord. Can't nobody do me. Do me like Jesus. He's my friend. Heal my body. Come on, say it again. Heal my body. He told me to run on. Heal my body. Told me to run. Heal my body. He told me to run on. He's my Jesus can't nobody do me like the Lord can't nobody do me like Jesus he's my friend come on pick me up and he told me to run on pick me up and he told me to run well did he pick you up this evening did he tell you to run on? Come on, family. He's my friend. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. He's my Man, off the cuff. Praise God. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. He healed my body. He told me to run. Amen. God is good and he's truly amazing. He's amazing. Thank you so much for joining in with us as we sang. Can't nobody uh, do me like Jesus for he is my friend. Tonight, uh, we just want to get right into 
our time together, amen, as we look at the sanctuary continually, uh, we know that God is still a very present help. Now, I don't know about you, but as I've been going through um, this message for myself, I've been truly blessed, and um, and I just thank God that he has um, made his way of saving us um, known to us that we're able to look at the sanctuary, to look at his message um, in the sanctuary and be able to uh, know exactly what God is doing in um, our lives. And so tonight we just want to go ahead and look at the most holy. Um, we've talked about the courtyard. The, we talked about the holy place. And so tonight we want to be intentional um, about our message tonight, um, the most holy. Um, we're going to look at Aaron's rod. Um, and so as we move through, we see here, um, that there were uh, that that God had created. Um, just to give you a little backdrop, I know all of us are Bible scholars, but just want to give you a little backdrop of, of how we got to where we are tonight. Um, um, God um, looked out and saw that the world um, uh, was was um, void without man. Um, he created the the heavens and the earth, um, the stars and the trees and the birds. Um, and then on the sixth day, God said, "Let us." Uh, make man in our image. And so God uh, made man in his image, and he gave uh, man specific instructions. Um, He told man that there is a tree and woman. Let me just add that in there for those that uh, may think that woman was left out of the equation. Um, He created man and woman, and he gave them specific instructions, um, shared with them that of all the trees, I'm in the midst of the garden that they're able to partake of. um, But there was this one tree that was found dead center um, in the garden. Um, And he's asking them and really sharing with them and told them uh, of all the trees that you may eat of this one particular tree. I need you to stay away from because it goes on to say that for in the day that you eat of it, uh, you will die. Um, and, and, and we know how the story goes that Adam and Eve, uh, 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 Eve was, um, she was deceived uh, uh, by, the, by the serpent who spoke to her, um, enticed her, if you will. Um, she did partake of the fruit of that tree. Um, and as a result, the Bible says here in Genesis that um, their eyes were open, uh, both of them. She took, a, she took a bite of the fruit. She went and gave to her husband Adam, he did eat of the fruit. Both of their eyes were open, uh, and, and, and they realized that they were naked, so they, they um, sewed fig leaves together. Uh, you know, they tried to cover up, and we all know that you cannot cover up sin. Uh, 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 we do that quite often. We do try. Um, we do try. Uh, but they tried to cover it up, so they sewed fig leaves together, and they made covering for themselves. Uh, uh, but we know that that covering wasn't uh, good enough. And so uh, uh, God came walking through the cool of the day, um, looking for Adam and Eve. We talked about this in, uh, uh, about a week or so ago, uh, about how God always wanted to have a relationship with his creation. And I don't know about you, you know, if you have children, like I have children, if you don't have children, you may have, you, you may have parents, all of us have parents, um, uh, uh, but you long to have that relationship with them. I don't know anyone that have children or have parents that, 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 that you know, you don't want to have a relationship with. Now, you may not have a relationship with them. Uh, uh, that's another sermon. Uh, uh, but the truth of the matter is we all want to have um, that relationship, there are things that happen that may sever that relationship, as in the case of Adam and Eve. And so God went looking for them, went searching for them, uh, uh, walking, the Bible says, through the cool of the day. Adam, Adam, where are you, Adam? Man, I've been missing you. Wait, where are you at? And we know how the story goes. Adam and Eve, they realized they were naked in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, and they hid themselves uh, because they knew they were wrong. Um, you know, uh, 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 sin, you say your sins will surely find you out. Uh, you know, we do wrong sometimes and we think we've gotten away with it. We're thinking that, it, that, that it's all behind us. Uh, but, but your sin will find you out. And God went looking for Adam and Eve, um, uh, found them hiding, um, trying, to, trying to cover themselves up. And God realized that their way of covering themselves was not going to last. Uh, um, um, we're, in, we're in the fall right now, 
Uh, um, and, and my wife mentioned to me as I was taking her to work, she said, it's amazing that we're in, uh, the, uh, in November and we, and we still have trees that still have leaves on them. I guess uh, I said, well, you know, well, I, I love to see the trees on the leaves, but when they, when they go bare, that means that we in, we in deep, y'all. That means we're in deep. <laughs> uh, 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 but, 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 but we know that, that their covering wasn't, it was only temporary, so God had to kill Something, something had to die as a result of sin. And I want us to keep that in mind that every time we sin, something had to die. Amen. Something had to die. Um, And so God um, uh, killed um, a lamb to cover up their uh, nakedness. God did this for them. God killed uh, this lamb uh, to cover them up because they were um, exposed, amen, and so they were banned from uh, the garden, and, I, and, 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 and if you notice, when you read the text, um, uh, um, the killing took place inside of Eden, mm. that's very important, we'll come back to that, uh, God didn't kick them out and then clothe them, they were clothed on their way out. Shows how merciful God is. But let's keep going here as we lay uh, uh, this foundation. Isaiah 59 uh, verse 2 says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sin. What? Have found you out. You can't hide from your sin. It will find you out. And so as the story goes, they were kicked out and fast forward. God is still longing to have a relationship with his creation. God didn't stop once he kicked Adam and Eve out. He didn't, he didn't throw in the towel once he kicked them out. But, but, but fast forward, God is now calling uh, a Moses on the scene. Now we know that there were uh, 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 some things that happened uh, before Moses came, but, 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 but here uh, we see Moses is now, uh, uh, he has been mending sheep uh, uh, with his father-in-law and uh, Midian. He has been banned from um, um, Egypt land and he's been on the run for some 40 years. He lived 40 years in Egypt, and he was living in Midian for 40 years. And now we find Moses uh, on the mountaintop uh, um, um, having a conversation with God. God is still pursuing after his creation. And, and I just want to just throw this in here because not only is he, was he pursuing then, he's still pursuing after his creation. God is still longing to have a relationship with his creature, with his creation. And so God calls uh, Moses and he tells Moses, he says, let them make a sanctuary that I may, what everybody, dwell among them. God is still wanting to spend some time with his people. And by, by the way, while this is the sanctuary and we know that there were a, a, a lot of sacrificing going on uh, in the sanctuary, uh, uh, but God is still wanting to have a relationship because ultimately the sacrifices are supposed to be a means of drawing you closer to God so that eventually you wouldn't want to sin anymore. You see, it was, it was, you know, God had already devised a way of our escape. God has already set up a means for our escape uh, 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 because there was no amount of sacrificing. There was no amount of killing, no amount of slaughtering animals that would ever wash away your sins or mine. So it was never in intended to be a permanent solution. Is that all right? It was never intended to be something that would be continual, but it was to show us how God will be drawing us or winning us, if you will, back to him. 
because the truth of the matter is we switched jerseys in the garden. In the garden, we started playing for the other team. And it's, a, it's just a crazy, it's a crazy sight to sit down and watch your favorite team play. And all of a sudden, they switch jerseys and start playing for the other team. That's what happened in the garden. And so God said, let me, let them make me a sanctuary that I might dwell with them, that I might spend some time with them. So God says here in Psalm 77, very familiar text. I think I've had it up here every, every night almost. Because God says that thy way, thy way, O God, is where everybody? In the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? His way is in the sanctuary. God is drawing us. And so when we look at the tabernacle, when we look at the sanctuary, uh, 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 there, is a, there is a pattern of worship as we, as we begin to walk through again, uh, uh, pointing out uh, uh, the bronze altar and the, and the, and the, and the laver of brass and the, and the golden lampstand and the table of showbread and the altar of incense and the veil and then the ark of the covenant and the mercy seat. So God is drawing us to this here place of worship. And so first we see here as we approach the sanctuary, we see that it is surrounded by a gate or or, or this white curtain. This white curtain that is surrounding uh, the sanctuary is is significant uh, uh, of the righteousness of Christ. And to her was great, according to Revelation 19.8, to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. There is only one gate or one entrance into the sanctuary. And we understand and learn these last few days, uh, we know that this one gate represents who, everybody? Oh, I have to, have to, I have to bag up and, and start all over again. We might need to go into, into December. Come on, somebody. But this gate represents Jesus. They got blank on me. Uh, 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 it represents Jesus. Jesus is the gate. He says, I am the way. There is only one way into the courtyard and into the tabernacle. There is not three ways. There is not four ways. There is only one way into the tabernacle. And Jesus says that I am that way. And so once you enter into the tabernacle, uh, once you enter uh, into the gate, you then come to this thing called the bronze altar. You see, it's on this altar. This altar uh, 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 meant nothing without a sacrifice. And so this is the first stop. Or should I say the second stop? Because the first stop is a table off uh, to the side where you go and get your your um, your your sacrifice inspected. Because the word of God declares that it is without spot or wrinkle. So you don't just show up at the altar of sacrifice with any kind of animal. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know how sometimes we just give God what we want to give God. We give him our leftover. That's what that's that's that was the problem um, with Cain and Abel. That's what happened with with, with Cain uh, who killed his brother Abel because he felt as if he could bring any kind of offering to God. And so this stop right here uh, 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 reminds us that we have to have a sacrifice. And without worshiper, uh, uh, this right here, let us know that we move by faith in God. Because see, a sacrifice, the sacrifice is simply taught the Israelites that although God created or cared for them and protected them, a relationship with him depended on them being sin free. Oh, 
It depended on them having their sins forgiven. They had to stop by this place. Sin could not be dealt with by anything other than death. And that's why when we go back to Eden, we see God killing that lamb because the only way that we can deal with sin is by way of death. Something has to die. And so God Uh, God understands that uh, 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 while strictly their sins involve the fortitude of their own lives, God permitted animals to die as their substitute. God said this is just temporary because in order for you to be drawn close to me, there has to be a sacrifice. And I said it before, it used to just blow my mind how I look at this whole sin thing and say, Lord, you mean that there was no other way for me to be forgiven of my sins than by you sending your son for, to, to die for me. There was no other way? You mean there was no other way? Oh, so what you're saying is, is that there was no other way. I just want to make sure I heard him correctly. And I think I heard him say there was no other way. Something had to die. The Israelites could not wander through the tabernacle as they pleased. Uh, They could not enter the tabernacle courtyard by the gate and stand by the altar, but could go no further. They couldn't. This wasn't a a gathering place where individuals would just show up just to see what was happening. See, that's the problem that, um, that, that we find in the book of Matthew with Jesus as he walked through and he saw that they were buying and selling in his father's house. It had became a commonplace. When we look around our churches today, do we see our churches as a place where healing takes place, a place where forgiveness takes place, a place where sins are being forgiven, or do we see our church? as a place of simple common ground just a place that we gather week in and week out because this is just the thing to do this is what we do we meet every Saturday it's like going to play dominoes this is what I do on Thursdays this is what I do on Tuesdays I go bowling I go skiing this is what we do this is, this, is, this, is, this is just how it is. I, I, and, and if I don't go, then somebody may think I've left the church. So I'm merely showing up just so that you can see for yourself that I'm still in the church. And so we understand that as they gathered uh, 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 at, at the altar, uh, uh, that, that, that they were gathering, that there was a mindset. There ought to be a mindset when they step in at the altar. And then they move very briskly uh, from the altar. Uh, we see uh, the labor. The labor was designed to provide uh, the priests with a means of washing their hands as well as their feet before they served in the tabernacle. Uh, uh, so before they go inside of the tabernacle, uh, uh, they had uh, to clean themselves. They had to wash themselves. They had to prepare themselves. They had to come with a certain attitude, with a certain disposition. It wasn't just showing up just because this is uh, my job or my title or, or, or this is what I'm doing because I don't want somebody else to do it. I'm doing this uh, with the right heart, with the right spirit, uh, with the right motive. And so they showed up at this here labor uh, so that they can purify themselves. This labor uh, reminds us also that when we come uh, uh, to Christ, uh, 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 if I was to bag up uh, uh, just a minute as we come as a sacrifice, we come as a living sacrifice uh, because we no longer kill animals. Uh, Now we are the sacrifice. They present your bodies as a living 
sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto our God. And so now while you don't kill animals, and although Jesus paid it all, come on somebody, we are still called to be a living sacrifice. So we still sacrifice. So the sacrifice hadn't gone away. And, and, and now when we come uh, to the labor, uh, we come now understanding that we too, like the priest, we have to be cleansed. And, and this is how we're cleansed. We're cleansed by the way of baptism. That's where the water comes in at. And so when the, we're in the courtyard here, uh, uh, which represents uh, uh, being justified. We, we, we've been justified what Christ has done for us. What Christ has done for us in the courtyard while he was here ministering with us on planet earth, his ministry in the courtyard. He died for us. He was baptized. And then we move inside of the sanctuary here. We move inside of the sanctuary and we see here uh, 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 the table of showbread. But see, we understand that the, the, that the sanctuary uh, 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 itself uh, is there with two compartments. And so the first compartment uh, that we see is called the holy place. Uh, and in the holy place, we see here the table of showbread. The table of showbread, it, it, was, a re, it was a continual reminder uh, to the people uh, of the fact that it was Christ who supplied not only the physical requirements, but also their spiritual so when you see the bread, we understand that this represents Christ. We also see that there is a golden candlestick. We see this golden candlestick lets us know uh, uh, that in the, in the holy place, it is a picture of the great light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. It also encourages us as his believers that we are to study the word of God. For thy word is a light unto my have. And then we move on a little closer here as we work our way uh, 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 inside, uh, work our way through the holy, uh, 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 on our way into the most holy. But we have to make one more stop because it is at this altar of incense, the altar of incense, which was placed directly in front of the, uh, 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 the, the center of the most holy. It was placed right there at the curtain. The incense filled the building with fragrance. This altar of incense continually burning uh, uh, typified the prayers of God's children constantly ascending up to heaven. And the priest was to go in and, and, and he was to perform his priestly duties. Now, keep in mind that as the priest went from the courtyard, uh, uh, made his way into uh, uh, the, the, the holy, uh, uh, his, 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 his uh, responsibility was to take care of the table of showbread and, and was to replace that on a daily. Make sure that your light and your lamp is trimmed and burning. And also he was to minister at the altar of incense. And he did this, my brothers and sisters, he did this on a daily. He did this on a daily. And then we see as he ministers inside of the most holy, uh, uh, I mean the, the holy, he now makes his way inside of the most holy. Where we find this piece of furniture called the Ark of the Covenant. Now, we understand that in the most holy place, only one piece of furniture is there. And Hebrews, Hebrews reminds us, Hebrews reminds us uh, 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 that after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold. So God is setting some things up, the ark of the covenant contain things that reflect God's holiness and his faithfulness. And so there were three items inside of this here special place. And we're only going to look at one of them tonight. Uh, 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 but, but we understand uh, 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 that, that, uh, that, 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 that God is very intentional about what he is doing as it relates to the sanctuary. 
And so God, as we bag up a little bit, you know, God called Moses his first encounter uh, uh, on uh, the uh, mountainside where God visited uh, with Moses. Uh, We go on in Exodus 4 verse 1, and Moses said, what if they will not believe me? So God tells Moses, I need you to go to Pharaoh, and I need you to let Pharaoh know that he need to let my people go. And God, Moses responds to God, what if they don't believe me? For they may say the Lord has not appeared to you. So God is telling him, listen, I need you to go there. I need you to go talk to them. And then God tells Moses, he said, what do you have in your hands? What's in your hands? And so Moses goes on and he says, cast it on the ground and he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. And so we understand that God is calling Moses now. We see here that Moses have a rod in his hands and God is telling Moses, I need you to now throw it on the ground because I want to show you something. I want to I want to explain something to you. I want to share something with you. And so Moses cast the rod down. The rod then transforms. And I love what he says here in Exodus because not only did Moses have a, a rod, Aaron had a rod. And oftentimes we equate Moses as the one who had the rod that parted the Red Sea and the rod that, um, that, um, that, um, that, that, that he threw down in front of Pharaoh and it turned into a serpent. A lot of times we equate that to Moses' rod, but as we will learn here tonight, that it wasn't Moses' rod, but it was Aaron's rod. And so in Exodus chapter 7, verse 8 and 9, we read here, And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When Pharaoh say to you, perform a miracle, then say to who, everybody? Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. And so it was Aaron's rod that... Moses used or that Aaron threw down that turned into a serpent or a snake in front of Pharaoh. Are you in your Bibles with me? Make sure I didn't just make this stuff up. And then we go on a little further. We go on a little further. And the Lord spake to Moses, say to Aaron here in Exodus 7, verse 19. He says, take Aaron, take, take, take your rod and stretch it out your hand over the waters. Whose rod was it? Aaron's rod. Stretch it out over the waters of Egypt uh, uh, on their streams. And we see here that the water turns into blood. It was Aaron's rod. The significance of the rod being in the most holy. You see, everything in there serves a purpose. And so Aaron's rod, Aaron's rod had great significance. Aaron's rod was the one that turned into a snake in Pharaoh's court when the Egyptian magi also turned their staff into a snake. It was also Aaron's rod that God used to turn the waters of Egypt into blood. It was Aaron's rod that did that uh, after Moses and Aaron had left the Israelite out of captivity God set apart Aaron as a son as priest but it was Aaron's rod then the Lord said unto Moses say to Aaron stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers it was Aaron's rod that brought the frogs out of the rivers that plagued the land you can't see it here but those are frogs that Aaron's rod drew the frogs out of the waters let me back up and you can read the scripture Then the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the streams and over the pools and make frogs come out of the land of Egypt. It was Aaron's rod. 
So God is very intentional. God knows exactly what he's doing as he is leading us through this story of the most holy as we look at the tabernacle, as we look at the sanctuary, as we look at the Ark of the Covenant, God understands and he knows exactly what we are doing, what he is doing before he is doing it. God also tells Moses, he said, I need you now to tell Aaron because see what's happening now is is that the is that the Egyptians are now feeling some kind of way. Uh, they they having a problem with Aaron and with Moses because they're giving instructions, they're giving them uh, 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 guidance, and they have a problem because it's as if they themselves think they are better than we are, and so they are complaining, they're murmuring, they 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 they're not understanding that it is God that is directing the man of God, that it is God that is leading Aaron and leading Moses. That it is the Lord God Almighty that is giving them their directions. But for whatever reason, the children of Israel are looking at Moses and they're looking at Aaron as if they think they are better than they are. And they have a problem with them and they're coming against them. And so God sim- simply uh, tells Moses, all right, this is what we need to do. I need you to uh, 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 stretch forth your hand. And the Bible says that God now called the earth to open up. It was Aaron's rod. Caused the earth to open up and people died that day. Korah, who was also a Levite, joined with two others, Dathan and Abram, and to incite a rebellion against Moses and against Aaron. And in verse 3, Korah says to Moses, you have done, gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord, and he is with us as well. He's not just speaking to you, Moses. He speaks to us too. I'm trying to figure it out because if God is speaking to Moses and God is speaking to Aaron and if God is speaking to the nation of Israel, why do we have so many agendas? Why do we have so many different outcomes if God is doing the speaking? Why do we have so many, so much confusion if God is doing the speaking? The truth of the matter is God is not speaking to everybody. And I think we use that because I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know God is speaking to you. The only way that I will know if God is speaking to you, he says, by their fruits, you will know. And so when you come to me and say, well, God told me, Pastor, and I've had that happen on numerous occasions. That I've had that happen on numerous occasions. Amen. I think we lost power there, but that's all right. God has, has, has spoken uh, to us in so many uh, different uh, ways that, 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 that when God speaks, he's intentional. He knows exactly what he is saying, and he knows exactly who he's saying it to. And so God is talking to Aaron and Moses, and so the, the earth opens up. And lives were lost. Not only that, but God goes on and he tells Aaron, uh, uh, he tells Moses, uh, 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 set the people aside. There were at least 14,700 of them that had died. God was very intentional about what he's doing. He knew exactly how he wanted to go. God makes no mistakes. Very intentional. 
And so God tells Moses, he tells, he tells, he tells Moses, I, I, I need you to do this. He tells, he says, so put an end to the unrest. God once again used Aaron's rod for a miracle. God commanded Moses to have the leaders of each tribe of Israel to bring his rod or staff to the tent of meetings. So you get your rod, you bring me your rod, you get all of these rods. There were 12 rods from the tribe. God said, bring me your your rods line them up numbers uh, uh, 1641 uh, 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 I kind of got ahead of myself let me just back up here because they have a problem with God they have a problem uh, with Moses and so they go to Aaron they go to Moses and he tells them okay bring me your rods line them up and God tells Moses he said and the rod that buds is the one that I will be that, that, that is the one that I will be speaking with is the one that I am with the one that buds so all of them brought their rods all of them set them out all the congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, saying, you are not one uh, who have caused the death of the Lord's people. So now we see here that the whole tribe, the whole congregation is now mad at Aaron and they're mad at Moses because of the death, because of the earth opening up and swallowing uh, some 14,000 individuals. And now they're mad at Moses. They're mad at Aaron and say, you are the reason why the Lord's people are dead. It's your fault. And so Numbers goes on to say, Numbers 17, 1 through 3, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and get from them a rod for each father's household, 12 rods. Get 12 rods, bring them here. From, the, from all of the leaders according to their father's household and shall write each name on this rod. And write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi, for there is one rod for the head of each of the father's household. One rod for each household. Bring it here. Line them up. And you shall then uh, uh, deposit them in the tent of what, everybody? Meetings in front of the testimony. And when I meet with you, uh, uh, it will come about that the rod of the man whom I choose will spout. Thus I will, uh, uh, and thus I will uh, lessen from upon myself uh, uh, the grumbling of the sons of Israel who are grumbling against you. Bring me their rods. Line them up. We're going to put an end to this madness we're going to put an end to it once and for all bring me the rods line them up and the one that buds is the one whom i'm with that's the one i choose put your name on it now on the next day uh, number 17 8 on the next day moses went into the tent of the testimony and behold the rod of aaron for the house of levi has sprouted and put forth buds and proceeded blossoms and produced blossoms and it bore ri uh, 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 ripe almonds this is what the rod did. So they put the rods together. They lined them all up. And out of the 12 uh, uh, rods, only one of them budded. I'm going to put an end to your complaining. Because, see, while you think you are complaining against Moses and complaining against Aaron, you're really complaining against me. And so God tells Moses, uh, 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 and, and the Lord said unto Moses, uh, uh, I need you to uh, 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 take Aaron, um, take his rod. I need you to place it uh, in the ark. I need you to take it and keep it there, place it right there at the ark. Because this serves as a reminder. This serves as a reminder to the people. 
that I am not, first of all, that I am the giver of life. You see, that's what we find inside of the Ark of the Covenant. That's what we find inside of the mercy. See, we see here that God is reminding us that he is the giver of life. He took a dead tree, a rod, and it produced almonds. And so we see Moses uh, 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 God said, I need you to take the ark of the, take the, take, take the law, take the testimony, take the commandments. I need you to take this uh, rod. And he also tells Moses, I need you to take a bowl of manna. And I need you to place it inside of the ark of the covenant. Because it is in the ark of the covenant is where God is saying, I am all things to all people. I'm your food when you're hungry. I'm the life giver. I'm the one that keep you in the midst of troubled times. I'm the one that holds you when everything else around you is crumbling and falling apart. And God is making it very clear through uh, uh, this here message. He says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so as we approach uh, uh, the sanctuary, we understand that there, is, that there is a reason and that God is intentional about every step of the way. That God is very intentional about how he's leading us and, 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 and how he's directing us and, and, and how he's guiding us and how he is showing us exactly how he's drawing us step by step with all of our foolishness, with all of our complaints and all of our drama and all of our stuff. God is saying, I still want you with me. You will think that God will say enough is enough. You just complain too much. You, 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 you're just working my everlasting. But I'm so thankful that God is faithful and that God is able to look beyond my faults and see what I'm in need of. God drew out this plan to remind us that as Jesus died that we too will have to die so as he laid his life down at the altar of sacrifice that we too will have to lay our life down we see here that as jesus who also went down in the watery grave of baptism that you and i have to follow the same suit and as Jesus now leaves this earthly uh, uh, place, this courtyard, and as he ascends to the holy uh, 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 place in heaven, and we understand that there is no courtyard in heaven. Jesus is ministering on our behalf. Jesus is letting us know that he is our bread when we're hungry. He's our, he's our water when we're thirsty. That whatever we need, we can get it through him. He reminds us that he's praying for us, that he's caring for us. He reminds us that he have us in the palm of his hands. And as we enter into his presence and into his courts, we understand and know that everything worked together for the good of them who love him and who were called according to his purpose. And so God will give us everything we need. And so Aaron's rod, as I close this out, simply reminds us that he is the life giver, that he is the life sustainer, that he is the one that will hold you in the midst of it all, that without him, we can do nothing. Without him, we can do nothing. You know, God is, is forever present. And I know sometimes in our, in our Christian walk, it, it gets a little heavy, it gets a little crazy, it gets a little, uh, it, it gets a little lonely, it gets a little weary, worrisome. Uh, um, but, but, but God wants me to remind you that he have us in the palm of his hands. And understand that, that God see everything that we're going through. He chose us. 
He chose you. He's chosen me. Just like he chose the children of Israel to be that representation. He's chosen you also to be a representation of him on this earth. So as we move forward by faith, it is my prayer that each and every one of us will allow the light shine, the light of Christ to shine through our every day. Be it on our jobs, be it in our neighborhoods, wherever we are, that the light of Christ will reflect. Father, again, we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. It is our prayer that as we move, Father, that you will have your way. We thank you, Father, for letting us know and a reminder of, the, of, of Aaron's rod being in the, in, the, in the Ark of Covenant, reminding us that you are the giver of life. You're the life giver. You're the one that keeps us. You're the one that, that sustains us. And so we thank you for that. We ask that you will cover us and keep us, oh God. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen. And amen. If you have a gift you want to leave, we have our deacon at the door. If you have an offering you want to leave behind, we want to thank those that are online for joining in with us. We praise God for you. And we'll be here again tomorrow night at 7 o'clock where we will continue our discussion with the sanctuary. God bless you and have a wonderful evening.